3: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Podcast. Today, we have an incredible, incredible guest. His name is Mark Caskey. Mark is the CEO of Steel Nation. He started that company with 6000 bucks in his pocket and a spare bedroom. And over the last 15 years, he's grown it to almost $350 million in sales. Um, he's a leader on all fronts. I mean, we talked about you know, what it was like starting a company, the fear that maybe ran through his heart when he was investing that investing that money in the first phases of Steel Nation. Obviously we talked about the importance of energy and American energy independence, energy dominance. I know I talk about this issue a lot, but it's so, so important. I think it's the most important issue that we face today because it's woven into every fabric of life. You like the lights on in the restaurant that you're at. You like cheap energy bills. You like filling up your car and not spending a lot of money. Um, It's all tied into the energy industry. You like having a strong America. You like our enemies being weak. (laughs) You like America having the biggest, baddest military on the block. It's all tied in to our energy industry. And Mark, what I like about Mark is that we live at a time where the biggest titans in the industry, Shell, Chevron, BP, they have all the money in the world to take the fight to the radical left on these issues who would, by the way, completely dismantle our energy industry and lower the quality of life here in America for basically everybody. But all of the companies that have the ability to take the fight to them and shape a national national narrative that is positive about energy, they they don't fight back. It's like they appease every step of the way. They feed the crocodile expecting to survive, but the reality is they're just going to be eaten last. And so Mark is a warrior. He takes the fight to these people every single day. Uh, not emotionally, but fact-based arguments. And so he's a leader, he's an entrepreneur, he's a warrior. His company Steel Nation is incredible. So without further ado, I really, really hope you enjoy my conversation with Mark. And as always, like if you like this show, you like what you see, you like what you hear, please subscribe, whether it's on Rumble, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review as well. I mean, all of these things help us Grow. And it helps us with the algorithm on YouTube, Rumble, and Apple Podcasts and, and places like that. So um, as always, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy my interview with Mark. Take care. Mark Kasky, CEO of Steel Nation. Thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you are a, a a pretty remarkable guy, you know. As anybody that follows me knows, uh, I am I am a a warrior for the oil and gas industry, and and not just because not just because I think it's important to be energy independent, because but because I think it ties in to every facet of what it means to be an American. It lifts up the middle class. It's good for our economy. It's good for national security. It creates jobs, especially in a place like Pennsylvania, but but one of the things that frustrates me, and we talked a little bit about this before, um, going live is that you have all of these companies that, that have all the resources in the world that just use the left's talking points and these climate activist talking points, and they don't actually move the ball down the field, but you're not like that. You're a fighter in in this, this space desperately needs fighters, Mark.
2: That's, that's a hell of a compliment. I appreciate it, Sean. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm self-employed. I started Steel Nation. We just celebrate our 15 year anniversary. Um, I come from a coal background. I'm a Pittsburgh guy. Um, I, I just had an interview the other day uh, with, with uh, Mary Beth Cerucci and I kind of told her the same story. You know, in 1980, the steel mills collapsed. I come from a long line lineage of steel workers, first to go to college. Um, I was out there. There was nothing for me to do in the steel industry. Um, uh, you know, mo- most of my family moved away. I'm the only one of six kids left here in Pittsburgh uh, for that reason. Uh, they all went, to, mo- most of them went to, went south for, for better jobs and, and better pay. Um, I got into the energy business 25, 30 years ago, building coal prep plants all through Appalachia, uh, K- Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Ohio, Montana, Wyoming, Um when when President Obama was elected in '08, he ran on the fact that we're going to shut down coal and we're going to clean up clean up America and clean up the air and things like that. And and I saw that I saw the writing on the wall. Um, I started Steel Nation in 2008. It was the middle of a, a horrible recession. Um, in June 8th of '08, um, you know I had six thousand dollars, a spare bedroom. Uh, that was about it. Um, and and I started this thing, and I knew I had to find a, a, a new way to do it. And I learned. The first fracked well is eight miles from my house here in Canada, right around Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I knew there had to be something out there for me to do, and I did. But I've had two two strikes against us, you know, steel being imploded, uh, and it was a man-made problem. You know, we gave it all away to China. We gave it away to Russia, India, um, you know, these second and third world countries because they don't have the pollution laws that we do. Certainly, certainly, steel could have done a lot better, and we do. We still manufacture in America. It's a lot cleaner than it was back in in 1980. Um, but I saw steel decimated. I saw Pittsburgh decimated. Uh, what was once the the most livable place to to live after you know winning four Super Bowls in the 70s, you know, it's, it's a great town. And it was that that whooshing sound, that swooshing sound. That that Bill Clinton used to talk about, you know, the the NAFTA, you know, all all the jobs going down, going far south into South America. Uh, But Pittsburgh was decimated in the early '80s. It was a sad place to be. I ended up moving away as well. Spent some time in California, um, San Francisco, of all places. And uh, you know, but I came back to Pittsburgh. My parents were here. They 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 were getting old, needed some help. Um, So you know, the second strike, seeing two strikes against coal. And it just decimated. We hear Joe Manchin uh, on the news quite a bit, you know, fight, fighting for the MVP line. We'll talk a little bit about that, hopefully. Um, you know, it, West Virginia is always the 50th poorest state, you know, uh, the worst education, the worst schools and things like that. But coal kept them going. At least they, they, they tried. So in 2008, when we saw fracking coming around or, or horizontal directional drilling, West Virginia's, Pennsylvanians, Ohioans are the three main, um, you know, we've we benefited immensely to the tune of 70 to $80 billion that it's brought into our economy in the, in the last uh, 15 years, 16 years. Um, the one state that didn't take advantage of it was the, the state of New York, you know, uh, the, the liberal <laughs> governors that they've always had up there yeah. um, want nothing to do with, with drilling. And it's, it's interesting, the Marcellus Shale gets its name from the town of Marcellus, New York. Marcellus, New York is, is right just north of uh, Bur- Binghamton, New York, about 20, 30 miles north, um, where the, the actual shale, if we look at where, where we're at in Cannonsburg, we, we drill down probably 8,000, 10,000 feet, depending on the formations and the elevations, things like that. When you get up to New York, the actual shale comes out of the ground. You can yeah. touch it. it. It's a cliff. You know, it's... Uh, it's under all the streams um you know a lot of the streams up in the town of marcellus because it the the shell is so (laughs) is so shallow bubble methane okay Hmm. and they use they use the the left will use the bubbling of methane as a man-made thing it's it's a a natural occurrence right um so you know so i got two strikes against me i'm not going to let the left shut down the Marcellus Shale and all of American energy. Um, you know, we are producing more natural gas than any other country. We are cleaning up our air more than any any other country. We're producing just as much petroleum as Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and all of our Middle Eastern friends. Right, friends. I said, you know,
3: yes, friends. Um, right.
2: You know, and 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 we're just going to shut this down for some we're see we're seeing all all the the things that are happening here we shut down homer city which is a coal prep a, a coal electrical plant in the last month 800 mm-hmm. jobs just just poof vanished homer city is is going to be a third world country in the matter of months or years you know and we're going to do that over and over and over again throughout america no for some I- time the Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, I complete. Look, I mean, what you're saying hits really close to home for me. I'm from Pittsburgh, born and raised, fourth generation, Western Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in the 80s. I saw how decimated it was. And my family felt that personally, Mark. My grandfather worked in the mills. All his brothers worked in the mills. And when they were shut down all along the waterfront there in Homestead, uh, it just decimated the area. You know, and also uh, I've got a lot of family that that has strong ties to Weirton, West Virginia. That's yep. another town that where I grew up. It was bustling, but it was in transition. Within five or six years, it was a ghost town. Everything right. was shut down. Real estate prices all, all, all real estate prices in Weirton crashed. Like you can buy right. you can buy a home in freaking Weirton, West Virginia, for probably thirty thousand dollars even today. I mean, it's just like right. real estate prices have completely bottomed out, and the and those local economies have never really recovered. And right. so this is something that's deeply personal to me. Um, and you know, I saw Pittsburgh become revitalized when we tapped into Marcellus Shale and 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 fracking and natural gas and and all the abundant natural resources that we have here. But if you look at what like are many of these politicians, for one generation after the next, and by the way, Republican and Democrat, have overlooked these issues in so many different ways, Mark. All you have to do. It's take a drive because I've got a I've got a farm up in Fondell. You probably never even heard of it, but I know where Homer City is. I live just outside Zelienople. Um, yep. take a drive through some of these small towns and see how these policies of both Republicans and Democrats of shipping, you know, you say sending, you know, like outsourcing steel to China. Well, that affects right. people in these towns, in neighborhoods, people that, like you said, you were a generational steel worker, right? And so, like, yep. like when you're that when that's When people don't understand that these types of these types of jobs are legacy based, like your father, your grandfather did them. So now you do them and you pluck you take that away from people. And then you have the left say something so callous, like, well, we'll just we'll just teach them how to use computers or they can learn to code. I just think, like, screw you, man. Like, there has to be a line in the sand where. You know, people like us. By the way, Mark, this freaking nation right now is awash with consultants, and and I find myself wondering, like, does anybody swing a freaking hammer anymore? You know, or or do we just outsource all of that work? And and it's just frustrating to me because I've seen what these policies do, and I think that's why, you know, I think that's why so many people like President Trump. They might not always like his comportment, or maybe they don't agree with everything he says, but at least people have a sense that he cares about the workers.
2: Right. It's it's funny. They don't want us to make anything in America anymore. Um, It's 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 not just the war on American energy independence. It's the war on capitalism. And it's not just here in America. It's all over. Let's face it. Most of South America has gone socialist. Most of Europe is socialist now. Most of Asia is socialist. Uh, Our our neighbors to the north uh, are are pretty much socialist and have been for, for quite some time. You know, if, if a real world word example is is Nucor Steel, which is number two, Cliffs is number one. Indian owned, by the way, um, up all through Toledo, Cleveland, uh, you know, the Great Lakes area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New, Nucor out of Charlotte, North Carolina, put themselves on the map 40 years ago, um, and they use a lot of recycled steel. We 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 end up buying a lot of Nucor steel as well. Newcore looked at Ohio West Virginia and, and Pennsylvania they wanted to be right where you were talking about with all the barges in Homestead um, uh, Senator Fetterman's old area what, what better place to put a, a steel mill totally you know, in, in, Br- in Braddock Pennsylvania yep. or, or totally. across the river all these brown fields that were used for coal uh, or for use for steel making that have barge facilities absolutely you know, we have all this infrastructure in Pittsburgh that that we could still use okay and i'll, I'll get back to that infrastructure in a little bit here but it, we didn't have a chance okay we have Reg, reggie threatening our dorset which is the regional greenhouse gas emission okay that's in every state around us including virginia maryland um, all all the left left-leaning states all the way up to new england new hampshire new york all the way down um reggie it, it's in the courts right now in pennsylvania um, it, it'll probably come out of the courts by the fall, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, Shapiro, we're, we're not sure if Governor Shapiro is going to support it or not. But it's interesting that Governor Shapiro included $600 million from Reggie. okay? If, if we adopt Reggie with all these left states, Pennsylvania produces more energy than all those other 11 states combined, okay? Are they producing energy in New Jersey? In new hampshire in maryland and massachusetts no we are we're the breadwinners We're we're producing all of their energy so who's going to pay the carbon tax on that pennsylvanians are right plain and simple and how should how governor Shap- shapiro can put 600 million in his budget on the first year of joining reggie is beyond me you know it's yeah. just politics it's just politics is normal so explain
3: um, explain to people you know i know what the regional greenhouse gas initiative is but explain to people what specifically it is and why it's bad for our economy bad for our state and bad for the people of our commonwealth
2: okay so i don't know if you know this or not but i spent six years i I was (laughs) appointed appointed to the pennsylvania dep citizens advisory council (laughs) and eventually made it to the environmental quality board um for six years i was uh, appointed by uh, judge brandon newman um, I think you, you knew Brandon when he was a representative,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: Brandon came, you know, Brandon, Brandon's a Democrat, um, right here in out of Cannonsburg. he's a great wrestler, by the way, back in the day and, uh, still work out with a guy. And I, I, I don't want to be in a dark alley with Brandon, but he wouldn't be in a dark alley. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he's built like a brick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, trying to keep my language clean here sean i apologize hey it's all
3: good uh, hey this is it. It, it you can go where you need to go this is fine with me
2: eight nine years ago he barges into my office doesn't even stop at the receptionist and starts pointing at me you know raising the I said, come on back you know brandon representative at that time and uh, he said i need you on the citizen's advisory council of the dep i'd never heard i had no clue what it was to begin with he goes because we need some oil and gas guys, we need coal guys on there. We need we need we need nuclear guys on there. We need solar guys. We need wind power. We need everybody on there. And you're gonna you're my man. And uh, you know Senator Sam Smith, I think he was a senator. No, maybe, maybe he was a representative. He 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 formally uh, appointed me to to the board. So back in the day, eight years ago, because it was two years ago when they. Uh, they, they, they had a coup and, and got rid of, rid of me and some other <laughs> pro-energy people. Um, I'll get into that a little bit, too. You know, it was, it was 18 members, and it was a good mix. Ten, ten and eight, you know, ten pro-energy, eight that were more Sierra Club, um, conservationists, those types of things. Um, it, it, was a, it was a good mix, and we got things done, and we debated. Back, back when debate was debatable. So to speak, we can't. Mm-hmm. We, we don't even debate in this country anymore. We just throw throw bombs across the aisle, right? Exactly. But we got a lot. We got a lot done. And then when uh, Governor Wolf got serious about joining Reggie about five years ago, we looked at it. We looked at the plans for it, and we knew right away it was the worst thing that w- that could happen to Pennsylvania. So the peop- the the nine or ten folks that were pro energy on our side, we fought it. And we fought it hard, and we had facts and figures. The plan was done by governor by by the, D, by, by the governor's DEP that all these facts and figures that were just complete lies. Pennsylvania, during that time since we started fracking 15 years ago, has cleaned up 100 percent better than any of those 11 states in Reggie. Without paying carbon tax, it's amazing how we have cleaned up, and we've cleaned up their air. But because they're using natural gas, New Jersey's using natural gas rather than coal, right? So for us to join Reggie, we've already lowered our emissions, our, uh, every way you can measure emissions and methane and, and, and NOx, NOx and, and everything else. We've done what they were trying to do. All their facts and figures said we can lower this by doing carbon. We did it without the carbon tax and without joining Reggie and those things. And that was our biggest argument. Um, and we tried to get that out to the general public. Nobody knows what Reggie is. You know, um, but, but only 14% of Americans have any idea what Reggie is. And most of those 14% are people that are involved with industry and are looking at their checkbooks and the number, what it's going to cost them a year in, in carbon tax, in addition to what we already get taxed on, right? Yeah. And, you, and you look at those money. They either have to raise prices or fire people, unemployed people, uh, or go out of business. And that's what we're going to that big swooping sound from Reggie are are companies that are going to go to West Virginia are going to go to Ohio.
3: That's exactly right. I mean, you're, you're, right now, like there was just a story on on Fox News uh, the other day about, you know, 66 percent of America is at risk for rolling blackouts like California. I mean, that is completely unacceptable. And it's also dangerous. I mean, you look what happened in Texas when their grid was overwhelmed and, and people like 700 people froze to death down there because of an over reliance on, you know, an over reliance on solar and, and, and wind and whatever other bullshit that they're using down there. Um, these things are dangerous. And I think another statistic was that like 66 percent of of Americans are at risk of, uh, of of having a real tough time month to month like. We're having a real tough time of making ends meet because of rising energy prices. And Reggie is going to is going to skyrocket prices here in this state because, you know, companies are going to pass this off. The companies that stay in Pennsylvania are going to pass off the cost to the consumer and their energy costs are going to rise. Other companies that have the means are going to move across the border to uh, you know West Virginia or Ohio or another state where they don't have to. You know, try to grow a company with burdensome regulations that crush them at the same time. And and, and what's something that you were talking about, Mark, about all of the things that market based innovation has done uh, in the oil and gas industry, specifically with fracking and our ability to decrease our, our carbon emissions to yep. to really a standard that is better than was what was set forth in the ridiculous paris climate accords we beat that standard in pennsylvania through guys like you who are innovating yeah. every day and trying to get better and even though you're meeting all of these ridiculous bars that the radical left and these leftist governors and politicians are putting out there it's not yeah. good enough and that's how that's how i know that it's not about conservation it's not about the environment it's not about climate change it's about crushing the energy industry because to crush the energy industry is to crush people's freedom you know if you know this this whole push to ban natural gas stoves well i mean it'd be great if the government could push a button and turn off your electric so that you couldn't cook this whole push for electric cars not only does it empower our enemies in china because a lot of the rare minerals or rare earth minerals that we need for the batteries are are owned by china or china has market share on a lot of those things um it'd be great if the government could flip a switch and turn off your electric car oh you said that you'd you would be you would be public enemy number one mark like mark oh mark here's mark cassie again saying some crazy shit on linkedin turn off his electric car cut off his ability to cook for the next week that's what this is about this whole mm-hmm. green movement is just communism painted green it's complete it's complete bullshit
2: Amen. man um yeah, you know, I never never finished my story about Nucor Steel. Nucor ended up in Charleston, West Virginia. They have the barges. They have the rivers down there, you know, and it, and it was because of our taxes in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is not open for business. You know, we, we are against business. So let's talk, no one, you hit the nail on the head. It's not the, the war on energy independence. It's the war on capitalism. Let's think about Marx for a second, the, the Marx, Marxists in the late 1800s, you know, let's create friction between the races, between the sexes, between the haves, the has not. All this tranny stuff is just planned, okay? <laughs> this, this is nothing but planned. So we, we look like the anti-tranny people when we do push back against. This, was, this has been planned for, for Pride Month every year, right? And now it's just get, getting, it's bubbling up. And we've had enough of it. Most of America has had enough of it, okay? So let's create problems with ra- races. Let's, let's look at the George Floyd, uh, what happened before, right as COVID was starting. You know, I grew up in the Deep South before I moved to Pittsburgh. Uh, I saw racism, and it, and it wasn't pretty. And I still see it today when, when I go back. I see it everywhere I am. We're, there's still a lot of racism here uh, but they're trying to bring racism back. Do you see that happening? You know, sexism. Yes. You know, we grew up in the in the '70s. You know, where where the glor- Gloria Steinem brought women to the front and future as it should be, where mm-hmm. we're equal and and the pay is coming up and and all these things. It's gotten so much better. But with the left, let's let's create all these problems and let's implode America. Not from outside. Not not from putin doing anything not from china doing anything let's implode it internally right and that's exactly what we're seeing right now and i i don't want to be uh the the covid the covid guy but man we fell in lock stop and barrel on this covid shutdown you're 100 percent right did we push back we push back did most americans push back no give me the jab i want more jabs that's going to save me you know and then, so, so COVID even acted as a separation of of the vaxxers and the non-vaxxers. You know, so we continue to, the left continues to create these problems. The sexes, the the haves, have it's breaking down America as we know it. Yeah, and they're I mean,
3: using energy as an excuse. I mean, you're completely right. I mean, what's been, I always say that, you know, when you see these companies, and they're so, we're awash with them today, Mark. These companies that say diversity is our strength, that it's like, it frustrates me because ha- a guy uh, having been in the military myself and served with people of every color, race, creed, religion like none of that right. shit mattered to us. Like we were all mm-hmm. Americans at our core fighting yep. w- for for one mission. And we all loved yep. each other and it didn't matter. Yep. Um so when people say and companies say diversity is our strength, it's not necessarily true because it's only part of the story. What what our greatest strength in this country is and always has been is our ability to our ability to unify beyond those differences. And as you said, I I grew up in, in, like I said, in the eighties where we were taught in social studies class that America is great because we're a melting pot. We take what's amazing about all of these other cultures and we bring them here and we don't discard the differences, but those people become Americans and that has shifted. And, 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 and part of this is part of my issue with Republicans who are just, You know, oh, all I care about is low taxes and small government, and by the way, that stuff is very, very important. But Mm -hmm. Republicans or the the right has seeded all of these little cultural fights that at the time were little, but have have grown into huge fires today. We seeded we seeded hollywood we seeded the entertainment industry we seeded our schools we seeded the media uh, all of these small cultural fights like for the past 20 years we gave them right. to the left and didn't engage on that front because all we cared about was small government and low taxes which again is important but we're seeing this play out in real time now where the left tries to divide us among all of our many differences because if we're fighting amongst each other uh we're not paying attention to the horribly irresponsible policies that they're implementing, like you said, which is Reggie, which will absolutely crush this state um, and and crush the people, by the way, on both sides of the aisle. In fact, it will disproportionately affect lower-income people because, you know, if energy prices go up, it's not the top one percent that are gonna have a problem putting food on the table for their families or filling up their car or heating their home. It's gonna be the people that make the least. And right. they're the ones that are gonna be affected. So that's why I always think that there's like a there's a moral component to this argument as well. Um, and I Mark, I gotta ask you, tell me about how a guy like you, who's a generational steel worker, goes from that to becoming an entrepreneur with the first college educated in your family, I think you said, "Yes." Becoming an entrepreneur and building coal fired plants. How how do you go from, you know, steel worker to entrepreneur? Um, you get fired from every job I ever. Had. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, I,
3: I try to that's an my- amazing answer. That's a great <laughs> answer.
2: It's, it's it's god's honest truth i, I yeah. i've been fired for you know my first job in high school was brookside lumber in bethel park and um you know the customer's always right until you get that one customer that i i had to prove he was wrong and i was fired that day after five years of uh working there now I've, i i i try to keep my ego intact but i have a lot of good ideas and i i i try to look at the world um from a lot of i, I try to look at it from the left from the right and 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 I try to look at business the same way, Sean. And you know, I a, a lot of my early jobs were, were in construction. A lot of them were family owned or or tightly held. Um, and you know, my my big question would always, why are we doing it this way? And the answer was, well, we've been doing this this way since 1952 or 194. You know, however long this company's been in business. Well, you're yeah. you, you're doing it wrong. Well, you know, I, I was usually shown <laughs> the door the door that afternoon. Um, man, growing up in, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, my, my dad left Pittsburgh, mom and dad left Pittsburgh to go work for, uh, Eastern Airlines. And, um, my dad loved the New South. You know, he could, uh, he was a high school graduate. You know, he could read pretty good. He was a Central Catholic guy. Um, you know, at the time was probably at least a two year, uh, a sec- second year of college, you know, back when Central was really, you know, putting out some really smart people back in the forties and fifties. And, um, anyway uh grew up in the south we had a neighbor um his name's richard budd and uh we were really tight with them uh my my brother and and uh one of, one of their kids uh john budd were were born at the same time so our mothers got to share uh maternity ward so they became good friends and ended up living you know right up the street from one another richard budd left his house at three o'clock in the morning and he went and cleaned office buildings and had them done before seven in the morning you know and i can remember him doing this and then he he worked all night and you know started hiring people um i i watched him build a business and i helped him we we went and he would pay us under the table a dollar an hour you know whatever it was back in the day remember remember doing yard work over at his house and we had to pick green onions he would. He would pay us 0.03 cents for every green onion that we <laughs> yanked out of the ground. At the end of the day you'd make $11 and they, you know That's a lot of he, green
3: onions, man. That's it, a lot it, of green it, oh.
2: <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. But um he, he he was my idol. He he was my entrepreneurial idol, you know, right next to Roberta Clemente and Dwayne oh. Allman on the music side, and I just I watched Richard Bud, and today Bud Services they they cover all the southeast um, up into Maryland all the way to Florida and Alabama and Mississippi and they're over a billion dollars and they still the concentration is janitorial service for office buildings. Okay? Wow. The son is named Ted Budd. Ted Budd is now the new senator of North Carolina that was just elected past November.
3: Get um, out of here! I did not yes. make the connection. That is yes. crazy. I did not Are know they, that.
2: Our neighbors, growing up, um, they 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 think like I do. They they are you know very conservative on the way they think, and they're very conservative with the with the pocketbook, with the politics, and everything else. And Ted Budd is going to be a lifetime great. He's
3: a great. He is a great yep. guy. He is a great yep. guy. He is. I did not know, you know he, that. What a crazy, crazy small world. What a crazy connection.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, so I, this guy you know, my, was – so his
3: dad, it was his dad that was your entrepreneurial idol?
2: Richard Budd. We called him Uncle Rich. Yeah. That
3: is – that's, cr- that's he's crazy. He's still alive
2: and, and and still goes to the office. Uh, Joe, Joe, who's my age, runs the, the company and uh, does a great job. And, you know, they're just, just, just great entrepreneurs. So growing up, I, I always wanted to own a business. What am I going to do? Um you know, and finally, after being fired so many times, I, I had to. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and I and I had a marketing. My wife and I had a marketing agency uh, where we most, mostly dealt with uh, developers, such as you know, like Rod Pyatt, uh Jack Pyatt were were clients. Heartland Homes, um, uh, Ryan Homes, uh, Ed Ryan was a developer, and we helped them develop South Point back, and they really put us on the map. Um, that was before I got into construction. Uh, in, in way before I got into oil and gas, but you know, that was kind of my first, first entree into entrepreneurship. Uh, what kind of killed it didn't kill it, we could have kept going, but everybody was getting their own computer, everybody was an artist, and you know, these we have, we have more megabytes on these things than you know, just a camera. (laughs) uh, I'm tired of fighting technology. Um, but, but, but I, you know, I, right as soon as I, You know, my local watering hole is uh, Frankie Eyes up here on Route 19. I got to meet all these guys from Louisiana and Texas and Oklahoma, driving these white trucks and, you know, wearing these FR clothing and things like that. And, you know, I got to meet these guys. And these are real people. They're just like our steel workers here in western Pennsylvania, just like our coal miners here in West Virginia, Ohio. Uh, Real guys. And they they took me under the wing and they – they, they knew my, that coal was going down they said why don't you learn how to do compressor buildings and i went to the original wren's well is eight miles uh, across the, the hill over here and they showed me the ropes. and said, you really need to learn compression and i did i stayed up for 36 hours and many pots of coffee and mountain dew and i learned what compressor stations were all about they're loud they're obnoxious they're usually in the middle of nowhere but as 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 you know, if if we look right here in in Kingsburg, we use I seventy nine on on the east side. I seventy nine tends to be dry gas. On the west side, tends to be wet gas. You know, so we're getting into the the suburbs, uh, you know, of Hickory, Pennsylvania, and Cecil Township, and things like that. Um, and it just amazed me when I first visited the uh, the first compressor station. It was so loud. I had earplugs on, but even with the earplugs, it was like being in a jet. You know, right next to a jet engine. And I had that Eureka moment. You know, that above me, I can build these things cleaner, cooler, quieter, and safer, and, and, and at less cost. Um, and I did. I, I started the company um, two weeks after that. Um, $6,000 to my name. By 10 o'clock that morning, the $6,000 was gone. I used it as deposits on buildings.
3: <laughs> Today, I want to talk about something that's been on the minds of many Americans lately. Energy independence. With rising energy prices and geopolitical tensions, it's more important than ever for our country to be self-sufficient when it comes to our energy needs. And that's where Deepwell Services comes in. They're a company that's not only dedicated to delivering top-notch services to the oil and gas industry, but they're also committed to the goal of American energy independence. With their cutting edge technology, an expert team of professionals, they're helping to unlock new sources of domestic energy and reduce our dependence on foreign oil. But that's not all. Deep Services is also a great American company that's hiring like crazy right now. And they're not just looking for anyone. They're seeking out talented and hardworking individuals who want to join their team and make a difference. And with competitive salaries and benefits, it's a great opportunity to not only work for a patriotic company, but also build a rewarding career in the energy sector. So if you're looking for a job with purpose and meaning, or if you're simply passionate about American energy independence, then you should definitely check out Deep Well Services. Visit their website at deepwellservices.com to learn more about their company and career opportunities. What, what was going through your mind? I mean, so put us in your shoes there because I'll, so many of the people that, that, tune into us our, our entrepreneurs leaders themselves in different industries yep. and also worker. I mean, we've got a, a national audience, but take us to that moment where you are looking at that $6,000 in your bank account and thinking like, what are you thinking? Like if you spe- like, cause it's not, it is so difficult living paycheck to paycheck and not knowing what the next month looks like. And you're taking that $6,000 and you're investing it into an idea that you're, I, I got to believe at the time, Mark, you didn't, you, you, there's no guarantees in, in life, especially right. in business. Yep. So what were you thinking?
2: So two things. Um, number one, I knew that this oil and gas was going to, the, the Marcellus, the, the Marcellus miracle is what I call it, Sean. I knew it was going to take off. We had the infrastructure here to do it. We, you know, whether it was God or Mother Nature, put this under our feet millions of years ago. The, the beauty of the Marcellus Shale is so much shallower to drill into. We don't have to go down 20,000 feet. We can go 6,000. As we get more closer to Marcellus, New York, it comes out, the shale comes out of the ground. So there's wells up in Tioga County, Susquehanna, um, you know, that, that are less than 1,000 feet. Um, it, it's hard to do the horizontal drilling at less than 1,000 feet, but it's, it's a lot cheaper than going down 20,000 feet. Or, or even ten. So I knew that there was there was only two competitors. They were both out of Houston, and they had been in business since the 1950s. Um, and I still compete against them to today. But I knew that we could be with my plant. Um, I was affiliated with a plant here in Ambridge that is, it, unfortunately, it burned down about five years ago, um, out of business. You know, a couple hundred people lost their jobs. I knew that the plant um, that I was in steel buildings already for a couple, quite a few years before that. I knew our plant could service them. I knew that I could sell it. I knew that we could do it cheaper, safer, quieter, cooler, and all, and all the other. There was another thing that I had in my back pocket is when I, the, the company I worked for before, um, I, I had worked for about a year on Warner Robins Air Force Base down in, in Warner Robins, Georgia. Okay, This is a, a huge plant, um, 400,000 feet. The planes came in. Uh, you, you'll, you'll know some of this, the planes, every, so many cycles have to be rebuilt. So you have to tear down the whole plane, take the, uh, all the skin off it. So they were redoing all the, you know, the jet engine, everything that went into the fighter jets, the, the, the bigger, the, the cargo planes, stuff like that. I had a real good idea. I was about to land that. And that was a That was a $2.6 million company or um, project. I'm sorry. I knew that was going to come in. So that made that $6,000, uh, not as risky and i had a but it was still a premonition it could have gone wrong but we within three months uh in september of that year we did get this 2.6 million dollar contract to build that so that i had that in my back pocket so so
3: were you already ready to go mark you already had the employees the equipment things that you needed to make that happen no (laughs) so how did you so so how did you scale up so quickly to get it done
2: You know, that, that spare bedroom was the best friend I had, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could start working at 5 and, you know, work until 10 at night, um, you know, and, and going to meet customers. But I knew enough people in the business that I had worked with in my previous job to join. You know, I had enough steel erectors. I had enough concrete people. I knew a lot of electrical companies here that were dying to get in this business as well. Um, you know, somebody told me, and, and it might have been uh, Richard Bud from Bud Services, you know don't go into business with other people and I didn't for many years uh, now I have a partner uh, in the last three years his name's mark Dooley um, be, because he's such a good president he's the president of steel nation now I'm the CEO and founder because he gets to do all the 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 work with the banks and the human resources and things like that that I'm not very good at I'm I'm good at selling and design, <laughs> I just design 2500 buildings and I can sell ice to Eskimos, but uh, not really good at at debits and credits and human resources and ESG. Not to say that we're not ESG, but it's just not my Ballywick.
3: Hey, every every <laughs> every every Y guy needs a how guy,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. So exactly.
3: It sounds well, like I, he's your how guy.
2: Yeah, he Dooley, Dooley does a great job as is is his nickname, but uh I I just knew, yeah, as an entrepreneur, you know when things are going to go. Um if if you look back to '08, the rest of the country was, you know, the the, the Shearson Lehman's and you know, the other banks were just imploding upon itself. Wall Street was was imploding. Uh people were losing their houses, they they had these ridiculous mortgages. Um you know all the things that that were happening in the recession of 07 08. It was scary times, and I had to do it because um, I, I had no job to, to go to. I had to create this thing. Um, you know, and, uh, it, as, as an entrepreneur, you, ha- you have to believe in yourself. It's similar to military. Uh, you have to believe in your pl- platoon, my eventual team that I did build. Uh, build um, you know, the, all the subcontractors that I had lined. I had lined all the subcontractors up before I even incorporated. They were on board. And all Pittsburgh companies um, just, just like, just like we are, you know, centered here. Now they travel with us, you know, they're out and, uh, and you just finished up a job in Utah, uh, having a, a bunch of them up in Northern Pennsylvania right now, a bunch in Ohio, a bunch in West Virginia, um, uh, Ohio, big time. We're doing all kind of work over towards Cincinnati. Uh, it's, it's for oil and gas, but it's distribution. It's not the compressor stations that we're used to, you know, it's, uh, but uh yeah the, the 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 teammates that that we teamed up with 15 years ago we still work together
3: and see each other all the time and uh, I and, mean and, and... Uh, so you you built so you you built this company Steel Nation 6000 bucks to your name in a spare bedroom to over 300 million dollars in sales and 2500 oil and gas projects completed I mean that's yeah. in 15 years to today right F- today's your 15 year anniversary yeah, push, pushing
2: 350 um, three 350 million, which you know, which is it, it, incredible when I when I do the math. You know, um, looking our, back, our, what
3: do you what do you think about that? Those last 15 years, you ever think that? It, well, it sounded like you had a, an idea that uh, the direction that the oil and gas industry was going with Marcellus shale. But do you ever think that it would be 350 million pushing 350 million in sales? You ever think that would be your future?
2: I I thought it'd be higher than that by now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I thought I really thought that we would we would go overseas. We're not ready to do that yet. The overseas markets in in oil and gas are are very tricky. Um, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep it domestic for 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 a while. Uh, there's no reason we can't get down to South America. Um, you know, it, going going to the OPEC countries are just culturally very hard to do. Um, but, but yeah, I, I knew we'd be this big, um, but I want to be bigger. You know, we we were just going, we were doubling and triple every year until COVID hit. You know, 2019 was our, 18 and 19, we were just gangbusters. 2020, um, you know, you started hearing about people getting sick in the fall, and there was nothing on the media about it. But the, the smart ones knew, uh, the, the people that really paid attention knew there was something going on at the end of that year. And by January, um, we, we definitely knew, you know, I, I, I had COVID. I've never been, uh, I'm very proud that I've never been jabbed. Um, but I fought it off. I fought it off with an Ivermectin. I know this is off
3: subject. Of, uh, no, you know. no, it's yeah. okay. We can talk about this because, because this is a, something that I'm really passionate about. COVID really pissed me off. I mean, yep. like we, we actually had, you said people listen to the government here and, and it's so true, it, it, but, the way that we responded to COVID has shaken my faith in government in the way I'd never thought possible. These we're talking about our government locked people's private businesses down, locked people yep. in their homes, forced them to mask up, knowing, knowing, and I know that there was a lot of unknown, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, and I get that. But like there there were studies out there that cloth masking was not effective. There were studies mm-hmm. out there that said lockdowns would not work, yet they still mm-hmm. locked us in our homes. And right. they closed people's private businesses. I mean, like th- this is how I was running for Congress during all of this. So it, it was not—it right. was like real difficult to, you know, run a campaign when everything is shut down. Um, right. But nonetheless, I was still getting calls every day from businesses saying, "Like this is how I make my living. I can't." Like you y- think about like a hairdresser or something with a small hair salon. I mean, these yep. people were these people were crushed. That was their—that right. was the only way that they could make a living, and our government callously shut them down. Like it's insane, and 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 not only that, like people were accepting, people were accepting their loved ones dying alone. I mean, yo, yeah. you weren't allowed to even go say goodbye to your loved one because of COVID. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It just and and that now we find out, like all of this stuff continues to come out. I mean, I was one of the first people in January of 2020 to say, wait a second. There is a COVID research virology, like weaponized COVID research lab in Wuhan, and we're saying this thing came from a a wet market? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, I'm not saying that the Chinese... Like weaponized it on purpose, but maybe there was a leak. I mean, maybe it got out in another way. Are, are are we are we too smart to use common sense? And I was called a crazy conspiracy theorist. And look now, you have all these vaccine experts like this Dr. holtz guy who was refusing to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. on Joe Rogan. Now we find out that now he had connections and along with the NIH to the Wuhan Virology Clinic, along with Anthony Fauci. These were the people that were pushing the policies on us all in the first place. Oh, my God, this is this is something that I could go on about all day. These people are corrupt liars that hurt this country, and we should never, ever, ever give them amnesty. It just it makes me so upset. And to hear that you're affected by COVID as well. Here you are growing like gangbusters in 18, 19 and 20 happens. And, you know, just like everybody else, it, it,
2: COVID. Well, you're not going to say it. So I'm going to say it. Uh, it wasn't just China. It was the United States. Okay. absolutely. Yeah, let's be clear on that. This is going to take 20 or 30 years to come out. It's coming out right now, right? It's it's Moderna. It's all the big. That's exactly right. It's 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 Russia was involved. France was involved. Germany was involved. This is a worldwide thing to shut us down. You know, and it's the movement towards the left. What better ways can we check on these people? we 're going to shut them down and let's see if they obey and we did and that's what's scary about the people that obeyed um, what you know on, on that subject it's scary to me the health the doctors knew okay oh
3: uh, same the doctors the doctors
2: agree. knew that, that that these jabs were ineffective they knew that uh, they knew that ivermectin that the dose that I took, you know, I had five five horses then. We went down, you have a tube, it looks like a caulking gun, okay, a tube about a foot long, and it's for a 2,000-pound horse, and it has all these lines in it, you know, and you cut it like a a stick of butter, right? I said, well, I'm 215 pounds, and I'm going to just take this much of ivermectin, and my wife's going to take this much, and my kids are going to take this, and grandma's going to take it too, and we all did. And we came, it was the worst 18 hours of my life, But we we were great. Two days later, uh, they went and and got you know tested again. It was gone, you know. And so if I go back to 2018, 19, we're doing 40, 40, 40, 44 million a year. When COVID came in, all the oil and gas shut down. We we were essential workers. um, Thanks thanks to some of my local reps that got got all of our our companies uh, as essential. But we went down to less than 15 million for the two COVID years, 20 and 21. We're going gang lessers right now. All all those jobs that were shut down are now coming back. Um, we built the MVP in 2018 and 2019. The Mountain Valley Pipeline. Mm-hmm. There's you know with the EQT being from Pittsburgh, the three stations that we built were Bradshaw, Harris, and uh, Bradshaw, Harris, and Stall. Bradshaw, Harrison, Stalworth. Those were the three MVPs. The fourth one is supposed to be called Lambert. And, and when they, you know, these, these are the Steeler MVPs, which is a great story. You know, we built those four years ago and the left has been fighting us for, for, for more than that for 10 years now. Finally, we're going to get this thing done this fall. If come hell or high water, unless something crazy happens, but you know, Man- Manchin has, has movement forward. Biden has signed off on it. Uh, But we've seen crazier things happen.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, what's crazy about is that pipelines are by far uh, the safest way to transport this stuff. So what the left would rather have you driving on roads or trains, uh, which is far more dangerous um, and far more. It's far worse for the environment to do it that way. So, again, if the left cared about the environment that they would want the pipeline technology. Anybody that's toward some of these pipeline facilities, which I have, I mean, some of these pipelines, like some of these pipelines, like have a zero ethane or methane tolerance. Like they've got sensors on every so far in these pipelines that can detect just the smallest bit of methane. And these companies have quick reaction forces to get out there and stop it. And yep. I mean, these places like I mean, if people watch Star Trek or Star Wars, they're like a, they're like a damn space shuttle. They're so advanced. Yet right. the, the left, like these purple haired grad students that are out there waving around these climate change signs that don't know a damn thing about oil, and natural gas, the, te- the technology involved to keep it safe. They've never been out to a site. They don't care about the environment. You know who does care about the environment, the oil and gas workers and. The people that are out there working those sites every day because they live in those communities. Of course they care about the environment, you know, yet we're at war with these great patriots that make our quality of life better. People like you, Mark, and and your company and your workers, they make this country better. Like you go to the bar at night, you go to a restaurant, like the lights are on in that bar because of the work that you and, and your people are doing. Yet the left is trying to shut that down. And they're using bullshit talking points in, in climate propaganda and climate change. And by the way, they've been wrong for the last fifty years. It was global cooling, then global warming, and now it's climate change. And now it's like it's like they've been wrong on every major mm. prediction. So why do we keep I know that this is a rhetorical question for you because you're at war with these idiots every day, but why do we continue to listen to these people? Like it's just it's mind blowing to me.
2: The left spent nine billion dollars last year. On fighting oil and gas, wow! Okay? Did and not fighting, know that. Just just nine billion. I'm guessing next year somewhere around eleven. Uh, they're winning the battle. They really are. Um, you know, but the, ten years ago when this industry was really, they they, they wanted to do the uh, severance tax. You remember? I um, do. Yes. Pennsylvania yes. did, and we had about a thousand white trucks. And I'm getting let me let me get my year correct. This is probably two thousand. I started the company in 08 This is probably uh, 2010, between 10 and 12. We had about 1,000 trucks uh, through the Marcellus Shale Coalition, uh, was just starting at that time, and let's meet in Harrisburg, and let's bring our trucks right to the bottom of the hill there, and let's protest. And we did. And and we had our hard hats on. We had our FR gear on. I had everybody in my company there, um, and it was the best showing that we've ever had. But since then... We've lost the momentum. We've lost – I believe that we've lost 100,000 workers, oil and gas workers, uh, not just direct but companies like mine that do services. Um, you know, we, we lost 20 we, – we had to downsize 20 people during COVID, and that's slowly, slowly coming back up. But we don't have those big rallies anymore. And you see what's in the news. When, I don't care if it's the Post-Gazette, the Observer Reporter, the Tribune Review – it, there's never anything good to say about
3: it. It's relentless. It's 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 relentless. I'm telling you, it, it, right. I lay this at the feet of of like you know BP, Shell, Chevron, these huge companies, these multi billion yep. dollar global companies. You know, like what are you doing? You know, right. they they should be. I just feel like what they do, and I know I've met many other lobbyists on Capitol Hill and in Harrisburg. I know them well. I and by and large, I think they're great people, but they are content to just appease and they think that if they cut a couple million dollar check every year to the right politician, the right pack, the right organization that the left will relent and let them, let them stay in business. The end state goal is shutting them all down. No matter how much money that they give them, the left right. will never be happy with it. So they right. might as well fight to the bitter end. It's, it's like they're all, they're like appease. it's like appeasement. Like they're feeding the alligator right. expecting to get a- eaten last. It, it, it's just these companies need to fight back because, like, look, we talked about it earlier. Mark, sixty-six percent of the country right now is at risk of rolling blackouts. I mean, what the hell is that? Like, no, and, and, what the hell is that? It's just so it's so crazy to me.
2: Last week, Shell came out and said we're dropping a lot of this ESG stuff, and we're going to drop our big move to wind and solar, and we're going to concentrate on what we do best. And we're going to see. I think the tides are turning. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good that, that that. I think as Americans, we've had enough of this, this garbage, right?
3: I think so too. Um,
2: man, I, I got a, a, a something I want to bring up. Um, two weeks ago, Siemens. Siemens is the biggest, biggest company in Germany. Angela Merkel ten years ago said we are going to shut down fossil fuels. We're going to do nothing but solar and wind. Well, if you've ever been to Germany, they're like Pittsburgh. You know, you yeah. get. Eight yeah. days of sun a year, you know, <laughs> yes. and, uh, depending on how the wind blows, you know. So uh, Siemens just last week came out and with a major announcement that said their wind turbines are defective. And we have to shut a majority of those down. And everything that we have on order right now is not going to be done for years, okay? This is the wow. biggest private company in Europe that has a major default on these wind things. This past so we had that last week. What did we hear Monday morning morning that Lordstown Electrical EVs is shutting down. Oh, it's went out of business. Banking. Yeah, yeah, is in bankruptcy. How many? How many? Hundreds of millions, if not billions, has put back into that. If everybody remembers, that's where the GM plant was, just north of Youngstown on the turn, Ohio Turnpike. That we would always back in the day we would set our uh, set our uh, tachometer. Uh, set to see how long this plant was. It was 1.2 miles long. Okay, and just as deep. And and who who's the majority shareholder of that Chinese company? Okay, so Lordstown is is
3: now out. Um, and, and by the way, how many uh, taxpayer dollars? How many subsidies did they get oh. on the backs of the American taxpayer? Now they're out of business. And so the it's these subsidies. That make it difficult for private businesses like yours to compete with them because it's not a level playing field. So when you hear these politicians out there using these talking points about crony capitalism and subsidies for, you know, renewables, green energy, wind and solar, this is what they mean. They're taking money out of your paycheck and they're giving it to these green companies that go out of business. But you know who gets rich? All the people who own them. And in this case, it's the Chinese. It's a Chinese parent company.
2: Let's face it. China started investing in rare earth mines 30, 40 years ago, all through South America, all through Africa, all through Asia. You know, we have very few rare earths here. We haven't. We we have a moratorium on rare earths mining uh, that that Mr. Biden just put in, I believe, two, three months ago. Where's all the rare earths going to be mined? China owns those mines, as you know child labor slave labor and, and all the rest and you need all those we don't have them here to to make the panels we can't make the panels here in america i have to be china has it locked up and we're gonna we're gonna spend trillions trillions and trillions and trillions helping china out
3: it's, so, frust- it, it's so frustrating it's so frustrating to me it's so frustrating to me because they do have market share in many of the rare earth minerals. So this like this transition to the Green New Deal, as these idiots on the Democrat side of the House and Congress talk about the, the transition to a Green New Deal means transitioning to like China being one step further of their global goal of being the world's lone superpower, making yep. everybody dependent on them. And you talk about you're a guy that, that started in coal. And I know a lot of the like a lot of folks in, in Western Pennsylvania and in Pennsylvania, like Cliff Forrest, is one of them, is a coal guy. Like, like you got. Why are we sh- even shutting down coal, for example? Now a lot of those plants have like transitioned to natural gas, or maybe they even went out of business, you know. But yep. but China is putting in two coal fired plants every week. You know, and yet here we are. Not only are we shutting down our our, our coal and other power plants and making it difficult for guys like you to do business in New York City. They're getting rid of coal fired pizza ovens, for Christ's sake. I mean, are you kidding me? And China's putting in Mm -hmm. two coal fired power. How does this how does this save on global greenhouse gas at all? Like what are we're doing? Nothing but lowering our own quality of life at the expense of all of our enemies.
2: The Kyoto Accord and the Paris Accord were exactly the same. It was to make America pay worldwide. Why? And and we were smart enough to, to get the hell out of that, right? So to take that thought process to another level, Ohio and West Virginia have no plans on joining Reggie. They know it's evil, right? You go back three months when the Palestine East Palestine train, uh, that was some nasty nasty shit they were carrying, right? Forty five minutes
3: from my house. Forty five minutes away
2: right on the border of Pennsylvania, right? If Reggie would have been in, Kemmer Bartolotta and I were just talking about this a couple weeks ago. If Reggie would have been in Pennsylvania, all the fumes that leaked over from the train wreck into Pennsylvania, we would have had to pay carbon tax in the tune of to million to $1 billion. That's how much fumes came off that train. There's no reason they shouldn't have been underground in pipelines, but that's a whole other story that mm-hmm. they don't want to hear, right? Um, so, yeah, so why is America, America's always the cop, you know, militarily. You know, we're going to be the peacemaker and, you know, and, and, and have bases all over, which which probably is, was a smart move, you know, back in the 40s and 50s after WW2 and Korea and, and all the rest. But why are we always the, the peacemaker, the policeman? Why do we always have the, the, the Kyoto Accords, the Paris Accords? You know, we're going to clean up while China builds two Homer cities a week. and you, you, Your numbers are correct. Two Homer city size. They have no intention of lowering the amount of coal. And neither does India. Neither does Russia. And neither does any these third world countries. How are they going to afford EVs or solar panels or these massive turbines? They can't. We always forget that one third of the world is still burning dung in their houses, right? In in outside, my brother lives in Thailand. There's no forest left in Thailand. That's all they had to burn. They didn't. They they don't have coal. They don't have natural Crazy. gas. You know. So a third of the world has no toilets, has no electricity. You know. My friend Alex Epstein, which is who's on. Fox oh, I
3: love. And, uh, he's a great guy. Very good yeah, guy.
2: Fantastic. He, he, you know, his 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 book is on the, f- the fossil fuel use is saving the world. Yeah. The, the the longevity of people that are now getting natural gas or coal, any fossil fuels that are getting energy, it increases their lifetime approximately ten years. Right now in today's, that that's a lot of years. If you're if you're looking at the difference between last year, I didn't have any any energy, and this year I do. Boom, ten year improvement in your lifetime, your quality of life. The, the maternity, uh, you know, everything goes up. It, it, this is modern America. What are we, like you said, 66, modern America, modern world, okay? The Jetsons, as we were kids in the 60s, watching this stuff, flying around in little cars, we're there. <laughs> we're there, and they're going to take our energy off of us. We're 66% of Americans aren't going to be able to, to get it. Maybe this summer, maybe this fall, in the into the wintertime, when we're when it gets cold, think think about how cold it has been in the last three months, right? We have this we have these fires. You you, you smell you smell that smell this morning, yes. Sean?
3: Yeah, yes.
2: It didn't smell like like wood burning. It to me it smelled like the old sulfur that you'd smell in the mills were were booming in the seventies. And maybe this is a conspiracist theory of me. What if what if the left burned all those Millions of acres up there to call this global warming, okay. But meanwhile, our our air—it hasn't been above eighty degrees in weeks. We're getting all this smoke in this northern air coming down, this cold spell. But well, it's climate change now, you know, that everything's well, Why is it so so damn cold in the middle of June?
3: <laughs> I mean, well, you, yeah. Uh, by the way. I don't think it's a you know, conspiracy theory. Many of these wildfires, you get politicians like Gavin Newsom coming out and be, oh, this is climate change. You come to find out three weeks later it was some kid in the middle of a, an art. It was arson. You know, right. somebody lit a fire on purpose. And so, yeah, the, the left, none of this is beyond the left. I mean, this is what they do. And in, in, whether it's with. You know the Black Lives Matter or Antifa riots. You know all of of 2020. You know starting yeah. these fires and then blaming them on climate change. This is what the left does, and why I think we live at such a dangerous time, is that the media we don't have a real media in this country that that actually reports the facts and calls them out. If if yeah. we did, they wouldn't be able to have freedom of maneuver like this, uh, you know on the on the political battlefield, so to speak, in America and. And so, you know, I've kept you for like over an hour, and I, I'm grateful for your time. But let me ask you this, Mark: where, What do we have to do? Like, what are the next? What's the next phase of the operation to push back against these crazy people?
2: So, me and uh, a guy named John Gallo, and uh, and now Brian Lynn, um, and and uh, uh, Matt Leeper, the four of us so far, and Sonia Gonzalez. She she works for you too. We have started uh, the American. Oil and Gas Alliance. Okay, um, I think I think you're familiar with a little bit. Yes, uh, from from some. You know, we we have many many alliances uh, or, or similar organizations, an alphabet soup of organizations. I'm a member of all of them, all of them, from the Marcellus Co- Shell Coalition, APA, AAD. They're all great organizations. You know, and we all have. My my little band, uh, my southern rock band, and I don't know if you can see my my home studio here. I was having having trouble with my internet at, at South point. <laughs> so my home studio, you know, we we played at uh, the Mariana Sportsman's Club. It was a trout fishing tournament. It raised tens of thousands for charity. You know those types of things for the American Patro- American Petroleum Association, which is real heavy right here. Um, but again, a lot of those are more involved in. Raising money for, for charity and those types of and scholarships and things, which are all great things, but they don't really fight back like we want to fight back. We want to be on, uh, we want to be on Fox News. We want to be on CNN. You know, we want to talk facts and figures. Um, I, I just wrote down something this morning. You know, the impact fees, uh, Pennsylvania impact fees Act 13. If you remember uh, your time, you know, this past year set a record. Uh, for all of Pennsylvania, the impact fees uh, were $298 million, pushing 300 million. Last year, it was $278,000. Washington County, where I sit right now, was the biggest beneficiary at 9.1 million. Susquehanna County was right below that, 8.9. Um, to date, to date in in the last 10 years uh, since it was installed. So totally paid by oil and gas companies, 2.5 billion total billion to Pennsylvania. Number one, where's all this money going, right? right. <laughs> you know yeah. Where's my, yeah, right. where's Washington County, my, my our nine or 9.1 million gone, you know, um, it, it, there's a lot of, we're losing on the, in the media, but there's a lot of great stories to tell. Like I just said there, there's a lot of money involved. Um, we make a lot of money at Steel Nation. We, we, we charge a lot more than we would in general construction building a house because there's a lot of safety in, involved in those types of things. And, you know, uh, all this protocol that we have to follow costs a lot of money. Um, we have a great story to tell. Um, when, I, when I was on the Pennsylvania DEP, I would tell that story all the time. Um, and, and, but I'm usually preaching to the choir kind of like you and I are right now you mm-hmm. know but we need to get out in and, and, and onto cNN and and in front of the left um you know th- this 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 hair that i that I wear there has has a couple different <laughs> Different, different meanings. Uh, number one, my wife told me to grow it, and the wife always wins anything. Right?
3: So. <laughs> yes, I agree.
2: Good decision. Good decision there. This is a funny thing. Seven years ago, I'm playing at a local, local roadhouse, and uh, I get off stage, and my wife had a couple glasses of wine. And she goes, you look like a cop up there. I said, well, some of my best friends are cops, you know, <laughs> yeah. clean, clean cut, you know, we work out together at the gym, she goes, no, if you're going to play guitar, you've got to have some hair, I said, okay, I'll grow the hair, but uh, w- what the hair does as well, it allows me to do a little bit of infiltration into the far left Eco Terrace, okay, and I've done it twice, um, and they accept me with open arms,
3: and, uh, and <laughs> because I, you got long hair. <laughs> you yeah. look like a hippie or
2: something. I wear my grateful dead shirt, and I fit yeah. right in. You know. um, so, you, you know, I I try to talk to the far left on this. Uh, unfortunately, it, it they're not be you, you can't talk to them.
3: It's like a religion so, to them. That's why I call it the International Church of Climate Change. They're all they're all religious zealots about this stuff. They, they, it's crazy.
2: I take them to oil and gas sites. I show them, you know, the, the DEP's right over here, you know, in their truck taking notes. the, the federal EPA's over here taking notes. The fish Fish and Game Commission, when we're up north, we're you know the and, and the and, and all these different divisions are walking. We're the cleanest energy known to man. Nuclear may be a little bit cleaner, but the three the three bad publicity since you know the early nineteen late seventies late early early nineties started with Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, yes. and then the Fukushima one. We're yes. never going to build another plant. Uh, the last one's being built right now in Georgia. It's a small plant. We might see some miniature uh, nuclear plants, but media wise, you know, nuclear will never build another plant. So what's our alternative? Is, is our alternative covering up Two thirds of America with solar panels and, and these ugly windmills that I don't know if you you ever travel on a turnpike never seems like the the, the windmills are they really never, work. They're
3: They're never, never work they never they never work
2: <laughs> and you know what they say planned maintenance planned maintenance oh Greg, the, the
3: wind the windmills are going to end up like Pennsylvania roads for Christ's sake that's going to be t- yeah. who the, that's
2: terrible maybe maybe they work you know. Well, look look at what's happening in the ocean now. The all the right whales are turning up dead on the uh, on the beaches of Martha's Vineyard with all these I rich know. people there. They hate it. You know, not in my backyard, right? Can you imagine
3: um, buying an oceanfront house for probably 10 million dollars or something like that and then these government idiots putting a bunch of windmills out there in the ocean? Can you can you imagine? No, I like, couldn't how, imagine. No. I mean, if they how does that make the environment look better? How is that right. cleaner? How is drilling for or mining for rare earth minerals better for the earth? If, if people that's why it keeps coming back to this, but if they cared about that at all, they would totally embrace natural gas, they would totally embrace fracking.
2: Or my buddy's twenty thousand dollar trailer camp, you know, that sits on a beautiful, you know, off of 99 near State College, that he had the the, the nicest view in the history, and, and now it's just covered with praying manises that are. You know, maybe spinning, maybe probably not. You know, um, we're losing the war, but we th- thanks to people like you um, and, and a lot of these other associations, America for Prosperity. I was interviewed by them last week. It was fantastic. Um, we need to fight back, and and we need to be realist about this. Uh, my my buddy John Gallo always says we're, we don't we don't need to get off on these political tangents, which we tend to. You know, we know. Let's just fight fight fire with fire and use facts and figures and really do it. Look look at the carbon that we've cleaned up and the methane that we've cleaned up. You know I can you know my eight years or my my yeah my six years on the uh, the DEP. We always gave uh, the, the the public speaking format for the first ten minutes. Anybody could sign up to public speak. Well, it was always the Sierra Club and Earth Justice and you know environmental justice warriors and, and, and all that, and they would, they would point to me because they, they knew I was the oil and gas guy, and they said, you're the <laughs> biggest producer of methane in Pennsylvania. And, uh, I, I had a little cheat sheet, and I'd pull out my facts and figures, and I'd say, do you know what the biggest polluter of methane is you know, in the, in the world? they say, frackers, your frackers are evil. No, actually, it's vulca- underground fissures in the earth and volcanoes underwater of the oceans are the biggest releasers of methane. And you can't compare any the the amounts of methane that Mother Nature releases, whether it's up in Marcellus, New York, with a, a bubbling brook, or whether it's um, you know Old Faithful that every 13 minutes goes off and people take pictures of their families, you know, out in Yellowstone, and that's methane. Methane naturally releases, uh, you know, uh, through the ground and fissures and cracks and canyons and volcanoes and everywhere else. When you when you look at man-made, that uh, you know. It, the man-made is really landfills, number one. That we're starting to pull methane off there, which is good. Uh, we're doing big plant out, out in the uh, out by the Greater Pittsburgh Airport right now. Um, you know, so it's it's all these facts and figures. We fight back. We the, the the Mother Nature takes care of the first eleven. We're not till number twelve when we get in into landfills. And let's not even go down about cow farts. You know, and you know I'm still going to eat meat. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, well that's that's all eat the eat the bugs live in a pod. That's what the left that's what these as you say, eco terrorists, that's what they want for for us, you know? That's the part of the goal. And yeah, I Mark, what so where can people find you? How can people support you? Uh what can people do to get involved to help?
2: Um, like I said before, the American Oil and Gas Alliance, uh spell it out just like you see it org. Uh, we just started the website about two weeks ago. Um, we're we're st- starting to have our we have our uh, some fun driving going on right now. Some some really good sponsors we're about to announce uh, in the coming after after July Fourth holiday. Uh, that's where mainly find us right there. Uh, but all the organizations that are out there are worthy. You know, support them. Become a member if you work in the industry. Speak up. Speak to your neighbors. Speak to your pastors. You know, you, you know the people that you go to church with. Uh, that you go to school with, and and talk about these things, and let's debate it. Let's we've we've lost the ability to to debate. You know, we I, I make fun of how Parliament works in in uh, in England and in Canada, but my God, can they they debate where we can't? You know, mm-hmm. we just we just point fingers. You know, at AOC and her crowd, and they point it right back to you know us hardcore you know conservatives. Uh, let's debate these things. Let's let's look at facts and figures. Let's look at where the greening of America is is doing nothing nothing such you know we need more energy than we've ever needed. Um, these third world countries, a third of the world doesn't have energy they're going to need electricity, and it's not going to be the e v electricity they're, they're going to burn coal for this let's do it right. Hey, we do everything right We're, we're the cleanest burners of coal we're the best nuclear designers out there. Uh, Natural gas by far, you know, they're, they're talking about R- Russian natural, natural, natural gas. Russia's natural gas has nothing. It's so dirty you wouldn't believe it. And I, I don't want to get into the science of it. I know we're pushing the clock. We do it the best of anywhere in the world. And let's not let these the, this pipe dream uh, I shouldn't say pipe dream. We, we need more pipes, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need more pipes in the ground. The, the, yeah. But this this silly pipe dream that we're going to cover the world with these solar panels, in 100 years, we don't know if, if it's going to be hydrogen. We don't know if it's going to be nuclear. It's certainly not going to be solar. You know, uh, the, the, we, we don't know what's going to be out there in 100 years. And to shut down the economic miracle of the Marcellus and Utica shale for for pennsylvania's ohio's west virginia mainly and to shut down petroleum for this entire country energy to, to go to some far-fetched uh pipe dream is ridiculous we need to all fight back on it
3: well said god we'll end it there man i mean i completely agree with you uh mark i think you're awesome you're a warrior uh mark Kasky, ceo of steel nation Six thousand dollars in your bank account in a spare bedroom to oh, pushing three hundred and fifty million dollars in sales in fifteen years, man. Like you're you're a leader, uh, you're the exactly the kind of person that we like to have on on this on this show on this podcast. So I'm very very grateful for your time. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'd love to have you back at some point.
2: And I'll see you see you soon. We got a meeting. But we met in person when you were running, but it was yeah. so fast. So I'll see you soon for for lunch.
3: Yep, you got it. Beers on me. Thanks, Sean. All right. See you, Mark. Take care. Okay, everybody. That was it. That was Mark Kasky, CEO of Steel Nation. Thank you for listening to Battleground Podcast as always. Never quit. Never surrender. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. And God bless this exceptional country that we call home. Take care.
0: Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.
1: information.